Welcome to Do A Blessing CNS Church London's podcast, sharing the good news weekly. We hope you are blessed by today's message. Matthew Shikale, Lord, we want to give you praise. Father, we say, let your name be glorified in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, as we go through your word, Father, we pray that your mercy will be revealed upon our lives in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. God bless us all in the name of Jesus Christ. We would... A comma. Don't worry about that. Easy. Toby. Is anybody called Toby? Toby. Oh, is it Toby or Toby? Toby. Oh, okay, sorry. Amen. Sorry, sorry, I don't know. I, I think I think it was Paul over there. Amen. Um, I just wanted to just say a couple of things on before we go is that you, the parents will be getting an email or a kind of a form that would ask us to help teachers on how they think their children learn best um, as we try to develop the new syllabus for the Sunday school. So some Children will probably learn more through pictures, learn more through and things like that because we are trying to. Uh, God has blessed us with people who have masters in education, who've been head of schools, and things like that. And you know, we're trying to see how we can, you know, communicate better and allow the children have more interactions and things like that. So you would have those forms come true and um, please if you have any concerns or things like that that you don't want to discuss on the phone you can you know you can have a, a conversation with me the whole point is to make sure that when the syllabuses are are designed and not a syllabus alone not syllabus per se the method of delivery is 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 done it's done in such a way whereby they would be able to um to get along with it, if that makes sense. It would help them as they, as they, uh, and like I told the Sunday school teachers when we had a meeting last night, was that um, it is a school. So if, if uh, we would only do what schools provide, to get on say so, because you know, I've, I've been places where people have said, ah, my children will learn two movies. We don't do movies here, because they don't do movies in their school. I'm not saying here, I've witnessed before. Then, ah, okay, my children learn through this, no, please let us be um, reasonable and within what we think, uh, what we know, especially in their schools, that helps them. The better we know, the easier it is for us to communicate to them. More, is, more importantly, even the younger ones and things like that. So we will be able to incorporate those things in, in the airport. Like I said, you know, the person that's designed the forms 
is well well informed around the educational world, so it would be a form that you can relate to. So please, if you can do that as early as possible, you get it this week, and the expectation is that by Sunday we should get everything in, so that we can design the the materials to suit what we have available. So having said that, God bless you. God help us all in the name of Jesus Christ. And some other things also, please. We one of the concerns that was raised with me yesterday was that part of the struggles, not the holy struggle, but part of the struggles in Sunday school is that children are given assignments or children are given uh, things to do and parents do not even bother to look at it. So by the time they get here, rather than going forward, the children have no clue or maybe things that maybe presentations they told them to prepare for or things like that. So, you know, like for example, if they tell them to prepare for presentations and things like that and they get here on Sunday, they are not expecting to now begin to go through it. They want to just collate the presentation. And please, we, we also appreciate the fact that they only have limited time with the children. So please, um, God would grant us grace in the name of Jesus Christ. So it's just one of those things that we wanted to, we wanted to um, put in place as as God help us in, in the name of Jesus. There is, I know that they're talking about Psalm 16, which they are uh, involved in and they've been going around that for like two weeks. Um, um, part of the reason is because parents are not supporting. So um, I would be calling parents myself. So, <laughs> so you know, God help us in Jesus' name. Um, it's just to help them and make their life you know their job easier. We will be talking about the bait of Satan. The bait of Satan. And um, you know, I would you would see where I got the word, but you know, someone also has also written a book that is very helpful on this, uh, John Bevere. Um he called it also the bait of Satan. And you would understand how where he picked the, the, the word from. Now, when you are looking at bait, one thing that's peculiar about bait is that if you set a bait, the, one of the things that they do in the bait is that it is it attracts the thing that they're trying to bait. But what is not obvious to that thing is the traps around it. So if you're trying to bait a fish, they use a very thin line so that the fish will not be able to see the hook. But what it will see is the bait. So it would go to the bait and hit it because that bait is attractive. But a, a very good fisherman will allow the fish swallow the chew it and swallow it so that the the hook goes down. So by the time they hook it up, the bait's already taken. So, so what I'm trying to say is that as we look at, I just wanted to just give that general view is that when you are setting a trap for an animal, you put the, the things there that they will, it will attract them. But what the, 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 the animal will be so focused 
on what they are seeing that they would ignore the challenges around it. So, having said that, let's look at Matthew. Just, now, if I ask you, I will talk about what are the times, what are the signs of the end time. We all believe that we are in end times. Do we agree to that point? We believe that we are in end times. The prophecies that Jesus gave is already fulfilling. So when the disciples came and they said to Jesus, Jesus was sitting on a mount on the Mount of Olives. The disciples came to him privately. Tell us, they said, what will happen and how we would know that the sign of the, um, the, the coming of the end of the age, where the, the sign of the coming of the end of the age, basically the sign of your coming and the end of the age. How do we know? And Jesus said, watch out that no, no one of you is deceived. No one deceives you. So basically what he's saying is be alert. The things that I'm telling you now, these are things that you need to be, you need to, you need to be aware. Because now, if Jesus said, watch out, what he's saying in essence is that you can't miss it. So if I say, be careful about that. When you get, these are the things you should be looking out for. So in the times that Jesus is saying that is coming, he said certain things you should be looking out for. And there are so many things that people are looking out for when you ask people. Jesus said there will be rumors of war. It would, it would, war will keep on being on the increase. War will keep being on the increase, you know. Even as much as people talk about World War One, Two, uh, you know, the number of people that will die in those centuries is far more than, is far less than the number of people that died in our modern century, in the modern world where there is peace, as it were, in, in terms of in conflict. So what I'm trying to say is that, but, but it's just important that we know that Jesus was talking about war will start to happen. Let's come on to verse, let's go next on the verse nine. Now, Jesus now said, then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you. You'll be hated by all nations for my sake. And many will be offended. So Jesus is saying, in the last days, part of the things that you would see is that a lot of people will be offended. And what happens? People betray them. They become offended and they also betray one another. And the Bible says, then false prophets will arise. Do you know one of the things that happen is that when you're offended, the first thing that you there'll be you would you would then you see people who are calling will be giving you, teaching you in the end. Ah, yes, you're right. Please note what Jesus did not say. Jesus is not, he's not even talking about the offender. He's saying many will be offended. So he's talking that in the last days, one of the things you would see and you would know is that you have so many people that will be offended. It would be on the increase. And Jesus now says, 
He says, and, and because of lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. Now, this love that Jesus is saying here is not the love of being a friend. It is agape, the love of God. What does that mean? An unconditional love. So that means that because of offense, people's kind, that kind of love, I'm only, I, only, I only love you if you love me back. He says that one, this one, the love of God works cold. So when Jesus was talking to his disciples, that the things you should look out for in the last days, and please note that he said those who endure shall be saved. So when he's talking about offense, he's not talking about unbelievers. He's saying believers, Christians, will be offended. That's why he said those who endure, that is those who stand those periods, they will be saved. So in the last days, one thing that you cannot miss is being offended. One thing you will not miss is being offended. Let's go and finish. Sorry, don't second. Just going to come back to that. So I, I just no, just uh, I just wanted to just say that you know, attending uh, Bible hub or all those kind of things, they will give it in translation. So you have agape, agape. You know, the love of God, the love of God. Let's read on, please. Just wanted to. Um, now, when Paul was talking to Timothy, he said, Mark this again. He said, these are things you should note. He said, there will be terrible times in the last days. We are living in the last days. He said, people will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving. So Paul was also saying, part of the marks of the last days is that you have people that will struggle with forgiveness. He said, I'm not talking about unbelievers. I'm talking about believers because they would be godly. They will have form of godliness. But they will be denying the power. Paul said, these ones get me from them. What I'm first of all stating was is that part of the signs that would affect Christians, not unbelievers, is that you will be offended. And Jesus said, be careful. Be careful. Someone said, no, 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 me, me, I'm not offended. If you're not offended now, Jesus said, it will come. It's not, it's not, it's not, see, it is, it will come. For you to say, offense can never come, I know how to behave myself, is that you do not, you, you are, you are saying, I am right, Jesus is wrong. And someone will say, you know, no, me, you know, okay, this one that I'm talking about, you know, it's not, it, it doesn't affect me. Um, you know, I am, I am okay, second son of peace. That's the second Samuel chapter 13, verse 22. Um, the, uh, the Bible says, it said, And Absalom 
never said a word to Hamnon, either good or bad. He hated Hamnon. What does that mean? Me, I don't. Whether you do good, you see, me, I'm not. I'm not offended. I just want to. I want to be on my own. I want to. You know, you don't say good things. You don't say bad things. But that does not conceal the unforgiveness. At times, we use those things to to powder the face. Say, I know. Me, you know, I won't say good though. I know I won't say bad, and I will not say good. Now, one of the challenges about being offended is that before you know it, you are excluded. Proverbs chapter eighteen, verse nineteen. The Bible says. The Bible, the Bible says an offended friend is hard to win back than a forfeited city. I'm sorry, fortified city, sorry. Fortified city. Arguments separate friends like a, 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 a gated locked with bars. Now, when Solomon was writing this kind of thing, can I next slide? Now, these are, these are Cities stronghold. These are cities that are, you know, this is what he was talking about. Now, this kind of city to enter it, ah, you try. The gates are locked, and when somebody is offended, you will first of all guard yourself. You cut away. You would even in the cases where you have been offended, you will be careful. The Bible says there will be like a forfeited a, a city. Sorry, what am I calling for? A fortified city. Sorry, I didn't know what I was calling for. A fortified city. It is it is well guarded. The 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 the, the, the barriers are, are high. You are now in this enclosed environment. That, you know, I don't know if somebody, you know, at times, the person that offended you is gone home. You are now in your sleep. Yeah, you are hungry. Yeah. By the time you wake up again, you are hungry. And anybody that walks close to you, you'll be like, what do you want? <laughs> <laughs> that person is, they are, they are, the, the walls is building up. To the point whereby they begin to see life from a particular perspective because the walls keep building. So, the Bible warns us that it is difficult. Warns offense, certain. It's like a city that is that has strongholds. That is a city that and Second Corinthians tells us that he says he said our weapons of warfare are not are not are not of this world. On the contrary, they are they have divine power to demolish strongholds. That's like strong cities. 
he said strong walls and to, to demolish arguments and every every pretension uh, pretension that sets itself against the knowledge of God, taking captive every thoughts to the obedience of Christ. Captive every thought to the obedience of Christ. God grant us grace in the name of Jesus Christ. Now, the level of offense you would feel is proportionate to how much you are open to that person. Does that make sense? You have work colleagues at work. There are some that will offend you that you'll be like, it will, it will hurt you, but you'll be like, but there will be some that will offend you, you'll be like, ah, you. That is why one of the greatest offense that is difficult is between husband and wife. Because when they hurt you, the hurt is because you'll be like, of all people on earth, you. And we are not, the Bible is not, is not removing that. It's not saying that that is, maybe you have a friend that you are being like, ah, we are like five and six. And that person now does something that places an offense in your life. David is someone that, you know, that, that is well aware about such things. Um, Psalm, Psalm, uh, Psalm 55 from verse 12, the Bible says that if an enemy insults me, I will endure it. How many of us? He said, if a foe rises against me, I could hide. But it is you. A man like myself. This is what he's saying, a colleague. He said, my companion, my close friend. He said, he said, he said, if, we were, he said if we were to be some other people, you know, I, I don't, it will hurt me. But I would just say, <laughs> that is who they are anyway. He said, verse 50, let's go on please, verse 14, it says that, the Bible says that, it says, with whom I once enjoyed fellowship at the house of God. As I walked about among worshippers, he said, let them take my enemies away by surprise and things like that. But what, what I'm, I'm getting all is that, is that what he was saying, what David was dealing with was people that were close to him. People that were close to him. And God is not unaware about that. And that is where we're talking about, you know, when a bait is set, it is something that would attract you, something that would be, they would be able to, you know, would gain access, well, to someone. Jesus was talking, and one of the things that the Bible talks about is that 
this is the way the Bible says, puts it in perspective. Okay, let me put on, let me say this way before we go on to, you know, if you were driving, and, you, and somebody caught you on the, in the way, and when the person caught you, you almost had, you almost struck the, uh, struck the barrier. And the person drove off. But you could not meet up with that person. So red lights now did magic and stopped the person. <laughs> and you now, by, as God will have it, your car will not drive next to that. And you now wind down the, uh, your, 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 your window. About to bless them. <laughs> but you now find out that they have a baby in their hand that is gasping for, for life. What would you do? Did, did, did what they did, did it change? What changed your perspective for what? Does that make sense? You are still that anger. What they did is, but your perspective about what happened changed. So you know, and and that is why the Bible would say to us, "Forgive us, as we forgive those who sin against us." What he's saying is that your perspective of forgiveness needs to change. If, if you are, like we said, that Jesus was talking about the signs of the next day, and he said, the love of people who ask good, and Jesus was talking about agape love. Jesus was talking about agape love. Sorry, this is um, Luke, um, Luke chapter 11, verse 4, just to you know, Luke chapter 11, verse 4, the Bible says, forgive us our sins, for we also forgive those who sin against us. And we read this all the time. And God is saying, can you read what he said? Why did Jesus say this? Because he believes that if the more you see how God was able to forgive you, the more you will let other people go. And he now when he said, lead us not in temptation, because if all forgiveness stands, it will become a trap by which it will lead you into different paths. And Jesus was was making this clear when he said, just to help, uh, Matthew chapter 18, um, uh, where Jesus was saying to, to them, Jesus said, he was talking about a man that was forgiven and and the man did not forgive other people that held that hold him uh, that held, uh, that hold him less. The Bible says just at the fall, that says in his hand that the master handed him over to the jailers and tortured him until he paid back all that is owed. This is now Jesus now said, This is how my heavenly father will treat you, will treat, will treat each of you unless you forgive your brothers and sisters. See, when you read the story well, that man was holding. But Jesus said, No, if I, if my father can forgive you, 
is saying you too should forgive. He now said that this is how my father will treat you. If you if you do not forgive. See, he did not say strangers. So in this condition, please note that Jesus was not only talking about relationship, family. He was actually talking about, because he was talking to Jews, and Jews see themselves just like Christians see themselves. So he's not talking about an unbeliever. So when Jesus, at times when people see brothers and sisters, especially when Jesus talking about people think he's my brother and my sister, no. Because he was talking to Jews, and Jews see themselves as having under Abrahamic covenant. So when Jesus was saying, your brothers and sisters, he's also talking about people within the body of Christ. Now, one of the things that make offense a bit difficult or to, to deal with quickly. See, the Bible, and we will get it, the Bible says offense will come. There is no way it will come. But now the question is that how do you deal with offense? How do you deal with offense? The Bible says in Acts chapter 24, verse 16, the Bible says, and therein I do I exercise myself to always have a clear conscience to avoid offense towards God and man. Some people are offended about God. Ah! And we'll talk about that just before we by the time I remind God, with all that I have done. But the Bible says, I exercise myself. And one of the ways to exercise yourself is, you know, you know when your muscle is bruised, <coughs> The only way to do physio is to keep exercising that thing. And one of the ways is also to make sure that you see, the way it is how you how you resolve the issue of that offense you have. The first thing is to start from the viewpoint of God to say, forgive us as we forgive others. Forgive us as we forgive others. You know, David now also looking at this issue around offense, Psalm 35. And Jesus went, uh, he, said, he said, malicious witnesses are rising up against me. Huh? You know, it's, in, it's interesting how people read Psalm 35, Romanka. When you want to... But what people, this is the problem when people read Psalms without necessarily meditating on what they are reading. So the Bible says that malicious witness have risen up against me. They ask me of things I do not. I, I, I do not. They ask me of things I do not know. They repay me evil for good. To the um, to the sorrow to the sorrow of my soul. So I have done good. They are paying me back with evil. Let's go on. And the Bible says, but as for me. When they when they were sick, my clothing um, my clothing was a sacred morning garment. I humbled my soul in fasting. I prayed with my head bowed on my chest, and behave 
as if grieving for my friend and my brother. I bow down in the morning as is about that boy as one who sorrows for his mother. He's saying, no, this is my whole response. I did good, they did evil. But when I'm going to respond, my whole response is this. My whole response is this. So the Luke says, Luke 17, 1, Jesus said, and he said to his disciples, it is impossible that offense will come. He said, but what to him to which he comes? But later, a little later, Jesus not to the disciples, guard yourselves. He said, it is impossible. So for you to say, uh, no, it cannot be, it is impossible. See, when God gives vision and say, ah, it be no more. It is, he's just telling you what scriptures are saying. It will come. Now, the Bible says offense. When let's look at it in the amplified. Please, let's look at it in the amplified. The Bible says Jesus said to his disciples, stumbling blocks, temptations, trap sets to lure you into sin. Most are sure to come. Now, what is he saying? A bait is going to be sent. Offenses are bits. Forget about who said it or who didn't say it. That's not the issue. The issue is that, you see, can you imagine now if somebody puts Paul, uh, put this in front of me? And I now walk into it. And I say, say, I say, you see, why did you put it here? What are you going to say? Can you not see? <laughs> so Jesus is not talking about who brought offense. He's saying that offense would become a trap. It is a bait. And Jesus was not talking about among unbelievers. He was talking about believers. Because, can I also say to you that as you grow in God and get closer to, to, to the things of God, unbelievers cannot offend you the more Christians will do. Why? Because what a believer does hurts you more than what an unbeliever does. Why? Because they become family to you. So it is not a question of who say, ah, see, even the unbelievers will not do this kind of thing. They do it. It's just that it doesn't pain you as much as a believer would do to you. So when Jesus was addressing you of offense, he wasn't talking about outsiders. Because he knows one way or the other, you'll be able to mingle your way through. But the believer. No, you should not be doing this. In my workplace, they don't do this to me. It's because they, you don't, you don't. the same way, the same way you would you would feel so deeply offended with your wife versus the work colleague. It's because that those work colleagues they don't hold the same place as your wife holds in your heart. 
you know, so you know, if if you had somebody that downstairs that sells ice cream, that your workplace, and they talk to you anyhow, you it will not cause you. You would be offended, but it will not cause you as much grief as your colleague that you go home for lunch together, and when you're not here, they did something about you. You would be offended. You would be as if what what has happened? It is because the have you ever seen when somebody is offended? Somebody has offended you. Now, it is what your partner said that you now say, you now leave the one that you say, you say see, but you, what did you say? You say you agree. <laughs> that, that is it. What has happened? The person that offended you, but it is not that offense that, see, offense is based on that's why Jesus was saying, when offense comes, what will shrink back is godly love, the unconditional love. The unconditional love. God grant us grace in the name of Jesus Christ. So, as we see here, is that, so let's, so the Bible causes stumbling block, traps. Let's go on to, to, to the next, I just wanted to show you in, uh, the interpretation said, uh, interpretation says snare, a snare, a stumbling block, scandal, in a, a trap stick. So basically, it is a bait that is set. Let's go on. And I just wanted to just, couldn't find a better picture, but you know, this is the myth. What the animal would not see or will not pay attention to is a trap around it. This is what the Bible will call offense. Once you go and catch it, this, the trap picks it up. The trap picks it up. And it's a major thing that Jesus was talking about when Jesus would always warn about offense. 2 Timothy. The Bible says, the servant of the Lord must not be quarrelsome, but be gentle to Lord, be able to teach and patient in humility, in, in humility correcting those who are in opposition. If perhaps God may grant them repentance so that they may know the truth. He said that they may come to their sin and escape this, the, the snare of, of the devil, having taken them captive to do his will. What he says is that once you don't avoid this quarrel, offense, you will end up in the snare. You will end up, that person will end up in the snare. God grant us grace in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. One thing at times we, we, we mix together is forgiveness and reconciliation. Forgiveness is in the word forgive. What does that mean? I forgive you before you I forgive you that is why when you are asking 
when the Bible talks about forgiveness, when you are asking for forgiveness, what you are doing, you are receiving forgiveness. Jesus is not just forgiving you now. He has forgiven you on the cross 2,000 years ago. But when you come, what you are doing, you are receiving his forgiveness. So forgiving is not... Okay, let's, let's, let's talk about this now. Okay, you say your own, let me say my own. Then after that, we will forgive. If even the English that you are using is not correct. Because you are saying, okay, when we have this conversation, we will forgive. The word forgive means that I forgave you. So if I am saying, well, you have to take say your own, I say my own, I will forgive. No, you are. I don't know what the English is. You are. Um, okay, for. What's the prefix? Um, you are post giving. You are post giving. That's what you are doing. You are, you are post giving. You are not forgiving. You are post giving. So when the Bible talks about forgiveness, it's not saying that you go there and you go and, first of all, let us talk it out. Then we'll forgive. No. Because what Jesus did was, when he was on the cross, the Bible says, when you were still sinners, he forgave. That's why it's correct to say he forgave. Then what he now did was, he now brought reconciliation. You now had and you had, but he's coming from a part of forgiveness. So, when people read stories like when um, when uh, let's do nothing. When when um, what's his name? The, you know um, um, when the, the, the Bible says um, oh, oh, okay. The Bible says it says it says I it's seven Corinthians that we're in. Is it, can I do one before that please? Possible. Okay, all right. Just go on, please. So seven Corinthians two. 10 to 11, he said, if you forgive anyone, if, 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 he said, if you forgive anyone anything, I too forgive that one. What, what I have, what I have forgiven, and what I have forgiven, if I have forgiven anything, if, if, if I have forgiven anything, has, has been for you for the sake, in, sorry, has been for you in the sake of the presence of the approval of Christ. Now, what Paul was talking, sorry, just to amplify that we're reading, he's saying that he said, basically, there was a guy that misbehaved in the church. Paul said he should chase him out. Now, Paul now said, when the guy put said, see, forgive him. I too, I have forgiven him, no matter what, what you think he has done. Now, Paul now said something. This is what I'm, I'm actually looking at. He says, to keep Satan from taking advantage of us. Because what, what Paul was trying to avoid is that trap. So Paul was saying, if we don't deal with this issue of forgiveness, you would walk into the trap. But the problem is that you, you won't see the trap. All you will see is the bait. So he said, for we are not ignorant of his schemes. 
will see the way this man behaved when you read um, the book, the book, I think first Corinthians, when you read the way this guy behaved, you would say that, ah, you know, so well, this was the man that Paul said, give him over to the devil. That's what Paul, dealt, when Paul spoke about it, he said, give him over to the devil, let the devil torture his body. Maybe he will come back to his senses. But when Paul was monitoring and saying, ah, the devil is about to get us. The question is, are you aware? Are you aware of the schemes of the devil? Or are you just saying, no, I know what I'm talking about. What are you saying? I can see the bait. I just I can see the bait. This bait is real, not knowing that it's a trap. No knowing it's a trap. Amen. Let's go on, please. Go on, go on, please. Now, we're talking about reconciliation. Forgiveness and reconciliation. Now, at times, it's a difficult thing because when, when the brothers of John, came, sorry, of Joseph came, when Jesus saw the went to his room and cried, what was he releasing? The offense in his heart. So when he said, do not be distressed or do not be angry with yourself for selling me here because you because it was to save the life of the same save life that God sent me ahead of you. Now he said he said God sent me ahead of you to preserve you to preserve for you a remnant on earth and saves your life by the great deliverance. Now what what is this, what is it what is he talking about here? Number one, please note that when they sent him to the um, they never thought that he was going to become the king. If he was offended, Joseph would never have come to where God has called him to become. Now, if Joseph was offended, God would God would himself make sure Joseph doesn't get there. Do you know why? The brothers were the twelve tribes of Israel. That is where Jesus would have come from. If Joseph was too offended that he will call, he can ask them to cut off their heads. You, you and I will not have a savior today. At times, offense would allow you, hold you back from what God is doing because you are becoming too destructive for what God wants to achieve. Let's read on this. Let, let's you know, um, the Bible talks about that. So, but what he was doing, he wasn't saying, ah, you know how you do I do it? Oh no, that he shall die. I just want you to know that see, I am I am I am happy that you are alive. And I'm happy that you have come to celebrate with me. But in your heart of heart, you know, 
One pastor said, I'm not sure this name, one pastor said, he was, um, when he was young, his, his parents had died, and they were really poor. He saw his mom, his mom was really poor, his dad had died. So, um, Obey is, is a popular musician, was singing in their environment, in their village, and so he went to the top of the house, to uh, climb the fence, to listen and watch Obey sing. So his uncle came that they were living with. His uncle now smacked him. I think he called him and he said, even if they sell your whole family and generation, you will never be able to pay for me. So why are you, you I think some things like that. When that man became 60, Obey came to see for him. He now brought his uncle. <laughs> <laughs> And he now said, let us dance all. The uncle has forgotten. <laughs> so as they were dancing, and he was in church, as they were dancing and dancing and dancing, he said, ah, uncle, you know, and uh, sorry for those who don't understand. Um, uh, I don't know. You, are, you are dancing a dance of shame. And the uncle wanted to go back. He don't, don't go back. Just keep on moving forward. <laughs> As we were dancing before God, he said, see your life. Can you remember? He said that Obi, this is Obi, and you, you, you not came to dance. You should be ashamed of yourself. That one is also saying God has done it. But the way God has, what you are saying actually is God. I thought you said that God will not do it. Come and see. So the Bible says that the Bible says, but how God does reconciliation. The Bible says that the Bible says that for do you do you um, or do you know the con or, or, or do you show content for the rich kindness for his rich kindness forbearance and patience, not realizing that God's kindness is intended to lead you into repentance. At times, the way to do reconciliation is to be the one that will reach out. Not to come and you are forgiven. At times, why those things don't go forward is because you are, not, you are come to come and set two scores. But forgiveness is a whole different. You forgive him. Your mind is not, you forgive what you are hoping to achieve. And I use the word hope. Hoping to achieve is reconciliation. God grant us grace in the name of Jesus Christ. That's why Jesus said, and as we can have next slide, please. Um, that's why Jesus said in John chapter, John chapter 13, verse 14. The Bible says, um, can I have next slide? The Bible says, Amen. The Bible says, yeah, don't worry. Just next slide, please. Just the next slide, please. The Bible says, a new commandment I have given. Love one another. If he has said the way you love your friend, he said, no, the way I have loved you. Please note that he's not talking, when he said love one another, at this time he wasn't talking to the world. He was talking to his own children. He did not say, now love one another the way he loves you or you love him. He said, as I has loved you. 
So your standard of forgiveness should be standard of God. That's what he said. And please note what Jesus said. Jesus said, a new command have I given to you. What does that mean? It is not an advice. I am not advising you. I am commanding you. That's what Jesus said. And this helped me. It, it, it's a journey also for me. I said, God, I just, I just don't feel. And God said, where did you hear the word I said, do as you feel? I said, I command you. And God will say at times, why is it that you do not kill people? Why is it that you are not an armed robber? Because I'm a, I, it is the same command that I gave to you that you respond to. If your love and my love is based on how I feel, you are not, we are not taking into consideration that it is a command. God give us grace in the name of Jesus Christ. That is why the scripture that we read from the Bible lesson. When Jesus was, you know, it's interesting that people would say that Jesus said, when two or more are gathered. Yes, there were actually two places that Jesus said that. When two or more are gathered in my name. Whatever you decree on earth, it is clear in heaven. But that particular one, um, God said that nobody should miss Easter Sunday. And God wants to use it to revive every one of us. So, you know, just wanted to say that. Um, is that when you first of all come to the point of saying, this is a command for me. This is a command for me. The, the scripture we read earlier, Jesus was saying that when somebody offends you, go and talk to that person. If he doesn't offer, if that person does not listen, gather, uh, take one more person. What do we call that? Until we jump in that is the that is the definition of today's church. <coughs> See, I thought scripture. He, he just you know, Jesus now said, if they don't answer, go and call three more people. Say, gang go. That's our interpretation of what Jesus is saying. Jesus said, if that person does not listen, bring him before the church. If you do that to somebody, they say, ah ah. See, if the church is going to be not what we think power is, the way Jesus intended it to be, there are certain things that you cannot avoid. All these things of, hey, you know, ah, <laughs> no, you know, uh, my own case, it's not scriptural. It is not scriptural. So when Jesus was saying, so after Jesus had told them, so Jesus now said, if that person now refuses to listen, Jesus was not talking about any other thing. Jesus said, if that person can you can you go to the Bible lesson for me, please, just quickly because of our time. Um, Jesus said, if that person now refuses to listen, he said, let that person be to you um, a non-believer. We will talk about maybe when we talk about church and things like that. See, you can be in a church and not be in the church of God. No, you can be part of the crowd because. The Bible talks about that those who are appear in Zion, God has a beast. So, do I have it now? Um, 
So he says, if your brother, if your brother and your sister sins, go and point out their faults. He said, now please note that at this point he's talking about reconciliation. So he says, he said, he said because um, just between two of you, if you if they listen to you, you have won, you have won them over. But if they do not listen, take one or two along with you so that every matter may be established in the testimony of two and three witnesses. If they refuse to listen to you, tell it to the church. If they refuse to listen to the church, treat them as a pagan or a tax collector. Pagan means abolition. He says, or a tax collector. Please, can I? I'm sorry. And and Jesus went on to, to begin to say that truly, that Jesus is saying, please, what I'm about to tell you now is the impact of how I and my father deals with issues or when somebody says, no, Jesus said, I tell you whatsoever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. What, what is Jesus talking about here? When you exclude them, that we in heaven are so excluded that person. That's why I beg people, if you do something wrong in church and they say, this is your punishment, by the mercies of God, obey. It is out of, you never say, hey, no, what, what are they saying? God knows me. <laughs> if Jesus is right, that person is excluded. They can be in church. But as far as God is concerned, that person is a spirit. He said, he said, whatsoever they bind in heaven is bound on earth. Again, I tell you, in case you did not understand what I said, he said, I tell you that if two of you agree about anything you ask for, please know that what he was talking about was not prayer point. He was talking about when people are dealt with in the church and people refuse to listen. He said, he said, it will be done for them by my Father who is in heaven. For where two or more are gathered in my name, I am there with them. What did Peter say? Peter said, then Peter, Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive you? Because I can't relate to you. This issue of forgiveness. He said, he said, he said, he said, he said shall I forgive my brother, brother or sister who sin against me? Jesus said, up to seven, is it up to seven times? Jesus answered, I tell you, seven times, but, seven, so not seven times, but 77 times. What brought Peter to say, eh, sir, <laughs> this unforgiveness issue, I need to, you need to help me. <laughs> because I didn't know it was this hard. I thought that it was something that, ah, you know, no, I do have my rights. Because of the weight of what Jesus said, is that this is how we deal with it in heaven. We exclude. You can, they can be saying, you are my brother, you are my sister, we love you, but God, he said, you are their brother. We, you are excluded. May we not be excluded in the name of Jesus. Amen. That's why Proverbs said, 
somebody who is in offense. They are like a wall that is a city that is closed. Because it's difficult to reach them. I think the holy response to things like this is to deal with it the way the apostles dealt with it. And not say, me, I know that I'm right. But Jesus was not talking about, Jesus was talking about, is it who offended you? He said, if you are, if you are, if, if you are offended, deal with it quickly. Let's go to the last scripture that we had, Luke. Luke chapter 17. So the Bible says, if, so this is another, this is another part. When you read, Luke just gave a compressed version of what Jesus was talking about. He said, if they sin against you seven times a day and seven times come back and say, um, uh, uh, come back to say, I, I repent, you must forgive. The apostle said to the Lord, <laughs> Increase our faith. Because they were like, Jesus, what you're talking about, we need help. If you are not going to the point where you be like, ah, God walked through this, I need help. You have not faced what he's talking about. But the disciples said, and Jesus said, no, you don't need big faith. He said, if your faith is as little as a mustard seed. Ah, see how we have drawn scripture. Said, ah, to my name, that God, you, will, you will say the mountain to move. Oh, you say mountain, move. God said, no, the mountain in front of you that has closed you in is that of forgiveness. So when Jesus was addressing if you say to the mountain, he was talking in response to the issue of forgiveness. Does it mean that you cannot use this to pray? You can. But also, also know that when it comes to the issue of dealing with unforgiveness, hot, Jesus is saying, even the little faith that you have, if you say to the most as it as most said, or uh, you can say to the man that you be uprooted and it will obey you. Where is that mountain standing in your heart? That is where the mountain is. And Jesus said, no, you have the ability to tell it to move. And it won't move. There are things that I do at times when I get so I met. There's a day, oh sorry, our time is fast. There's a day I, I went to preach somewhere. I went to minister somewhere. And there was a man that I have had that has said so many horrible things about me. And the person came and stood beside him. Ah! <laughs> On the altar. I was like, oh God. And Prayer, blessed prayers was coming, was trying to erupt from inside of me. And I began to see the devil shot. You see, if that man was close to me, people were close, we would probably see what is going on. 
and said, shut up, devil. We are not doing that today. I had to speak at it. Why? Because Jesus said, if you have a, a faith as you would tell it to uproot. So when I'm talking, I said, no, we are not doing that today. We are not offended today. I would not react that way. That is not my point. That is not me. Shut up. And I constantly started saying within my mind, I can believe that the person standing very close to me would hear. Because I would, I would rather that deal with that within me than be excluded by God. Is Jesus fair to exclude? It's because what Jesus looks at is how much have I forgiven you? And you cannot forgive. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon. Have a blessed week.